So tonight we begin Parak Gimel in Shmuel Beis. The learning tonight should be a schusi l'nishmas of Echiel Mechadonash or any cheskel shrag of an Avram Yehuda, as well as a schus for Ushleima for Moshe ben Miriam. So we learned previously that Nasan gives a nevuah that there would be fourfold tragedy brought on David, a raw and evil that comes from within his family. We saw the first tragedy was the death of the child that was conceived by Bathsheba. And now the Perak, this Perak Yedgivel is going to tell us about the next two tragedies, which are the violation of his daughter Tamar and the murder of his son Amnon, followed directly by the resulting Misa of Avshalom, his rebellion, and ultimately his death. And that's why the Perak opens up with the word Vayach Rechein, it was after this, meaning after Nasan's Nevuah of what would, what would come. So immediately the following Misa came as a result of that Nevuah. So Pasuk Perikat Gimel Pasuk Aleph Ayachrichin was after this. Ulav Shalom ben David Achis Yafa Ushma Tamar. Avshalom the son of David had a beautiful sister named Tamar. Vayavera Amnon ben David, and Amnon, who was David's oldest child, loved her, and he had a desire to be with her. Now, before we go further, it's important that we get an understanding of the relationship between these siblings. Was it incest for Amnon to be with Tamar, and that's why we'll see that he has to go through a whole scheme to be alone with her in order to violate her? Or was she really mutter to him and they had no halachic relationship? So the Mepharshim pick up on the fact that the Pasuk refers to her as Achois, as Avshalim's sister, instead of just calling her um, Amnon's sister, which technically if Tamar and Amnon have the same father David, then technically they're half-brother, half-sister. So they were sisters, and yet the Pasuk refers to her as the sister of Avshalom, and again, later on in Pasuk Dalit, Amnon refers to her as Tamar Achois Avshalom Achi, Tamar, the sister of my brother Avshalom. Sounds like she wasn't directly related to Amnon, but rather she, had a, she was a brother somehow to Avshalom, but not directly related to Amnon. Furthermore, the problem that we have is that when Amnon tries to violate Tamar, Tamar begs him to please not take her in a fashion that is usur, but rather to go and ask the king for her hand in marriage and that the king would not withhold her from Amnon. Now again, if they halachically are brother and sister, why would David allow Amnon to marry Tamar in halachic fashion? It would be usur. Obviously, there has to be something going on here where Amnon and Tamar are somehow halachically permitted. So basically, it's a Gemara in Sanhedrin and Davchafalif Amr Aleph, and it's really a three-way machloikas that's brought down between Rashi, Toysus, and Rabbeinu Tamin Toysus. So, first of all, Tamar was the daughter of Macha. Macha was a Eishe Sifras Toyar. She was the daughter of Tamar, the king of Geshur, and David took her in battle. Tamar was the daughter of Macha. Now, there's three ways of learning how Tamar came to be. And it's going to depend on how you learn the halach of an Eishe Sifras Toyar. The Machloikas is, what is, when is an Eishe Sifras Toyar become mutter to the Jewish soldiers? So, the Halacha is Eishes Vastoya, we're all familiar from Parshas Kiseitze. You see a woman on the battlefield from the Gentile nation and you have a desire for her, so you take her into your home and you make her mourn her parents, shave her head, cut her finger, uh, let her fingernails grow long, basically make herself less attractive. And after this period, um, she becomes mutter to you. And the purpose is that since the Yetzirah is very strong when a person's on the battlefield, so the Torah wanted to give you a mutter fashion to be with this woman rather than come to take her in a prohibited fashion. And that's the whole concept of an Eishis Fastire. Now the Machlaikas is whether the Eishis Fastire is mutter one time on the battlefield. Are you allowed to take her on the actual battlefield or do you have to wait for this whole uh, procedure 
this this uh, procedure to of her mourning and her shaving, all that, you have to wait for all that to take place before you can be with her. So Rashi holds, very simply, that Yifastar is not mutter until you do all of the procedures. So according to him, David would not have been allowed to be with Macho until after Macho converted. She came to David's house, did all these steps, converted, and then David was with her. Now, if you're going to learn like that, and David and Macho give birth to Tamar, then Tamar is related halachically related to Amnon, they share the same father, and she would be also to Amnon. So according to Rashi, you're going to have to learn that Macha was conceived, uh, uh, Macha conceived Tamar with some other guy, nothing to do with David. Why is David considered her father? Why is she referred to as Bas, Bas, Bas David, or, or referred to as the daughter of David in this, in this parak? So says the Chemesonach, since David raised her, but halachically she had no biological, halachically she had no relation to David, and biologically she had no relation to David. The other way of learning, according to Rashi, and Toysus also uh, w- would learn this way, is that the Isser of being with an Eishisifaz Toyer on the battlefield is only if she's already married, but if she was single, then it would be more to be with her one time, even according to Rashi. And so you could say that David really was with Macha one time on the battlefield because Macha was single, and Tamar was conceived at that time before Macha converted. So what is the status of Tamar? Well, when Tamar converts, she has the status of a Giyaris. A Giyaris, although biologically she's David's daughter and Amnon's half-sister, but halachically she has no relation to either of them, so therefore halachically she would be mutter to her brother Amnon. And Rabbeinu Tam similarly is going to learn that a Eishis is always mutter on the battlefield, and so again, David was with Macha on the battlefield before she converted, and so Tamar had no relation. So whether you're going to learn like Rashi or Toysus or Rabbeinu Tam, you're going to have to say that Tamar was not halachically related to Amnon, even though possibly, biologically, she did share the same father, at least according to some of the Pshat. And finally, according to those who learn that she was uh, conceived before uh, she, uh, she converted, so that she's a Giyaris, then she's not technically halachically either the sister of Avshalom, but because Avshalom, so to speak, adopted her, just like David adopted her uh, as her daughter, so uh, Avshalom adopted her as his sister, because biologically they were, they shared the same mother, so therefore she is referred to as the sister of Avshalom. Now one more question we need to deal with is, why Taka Amnoin takes her by force, takes Tamar by force. Now we'll see, he develops this uncontrollable desire for Tamar, and using the advice of his friend, his evil friend, comes up with a plot and a scheme to get alone, to be alone with her, and he violates her. Why did he not take her, if she halachically was mutted to him in a, in, a, in a permissible fashion, so why did he not go to David and request her hand in marriage halachically? So the parashio specifically in Avim, suggests that Amnon, as David's oldest son, considered himself the prime heir to the throne, and he didn't want to hear, hurt his chances of becoming the future Melech by, A, marrying a sister, right, even if she's an adopted sister, but still marrying a sister looks inappropriate for the Melech of Kali Yisrael. Number two, someone who was a Giyaris, someone who's non-Jewish, um, um, a, a non-Jew who converted, he felt that that might hurt his chances, and for that reason he felt it was not, it was going to ruin his aspirations of being the Melech, if he would go and outright ask for, um, ask for Tamar's hand in marriage.